KYW Original Podcasts. It's just a good conversation with somebody that you didn't know you were interested in. I'm Matt Leon, and this is One on One. It's not one of those big sports. No one's in here playing it to get a paycheck, or no one's in here paying it because they're getting you know millions of dollars playing lacrosse. Like everyone plays it because they love it, and it just attracts like a really, really good type of personality. So I just love being in the locker room, meeting the people, and playing alongside guys that just truly love playing lacrosse. And our guest this week, one of the newest members of the Philadelphia Wings in the National Lacrosse League, Ben. McIntosh, who was a star at Drexel University. And Ben, thanks so much for joining us this week. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. So the last few months have been crazy for everyone. For you personally, on top of everything else, you get traded to the Philadelphia Wings. Uh, What's life been like for you lately? Uh, It's been good, actually. So when I when I found out I was I was traded, I was actually in the middle of our PLL bubble. So um, I got a call from from Derek Keenan, the Saskatchewan GM, uh, letting me know. And uh, anyway, so as soon as I got back, it, w- it was cool to see my fiance and her family and all them because they're all from Philadelphia and I live in Philadelphia now. So it's been good. So let's talk about your career in lacrosse, your life in lacrosse. You were born in British Columbia, Canada, correct? That's right. Yeah. Was lacrosse a big part of your life growing up as a kid? Yeah. Yeah. No, my, my grandfather played it. Um, my, my father was involved. He coached us growing up. Um, I'm from a town called Coquitlam, which, which is a pretty big hotbed for lacrosse. It seems to be just one of those towns that, that takes its lacrosse seriously. So it's pretty cool. Was lacrosse your main focus growing up, uh, sports wise, or were you a kid that played kind of whatever was in season? (laughs) Well, I played, uh, played a little bit of soccer until I was maybe like 10, I played hockey a lot of the way up, but I was a really lousy hockey player. So (laughs) Uh, I I knew that that was never going to pan into anything. So uh, I sort of stuck with lacrosse. And when that time came, when you had to make a decision, you know, there's one time for one sport. It was pretty clear that it was going to be lacrosse. When do you start to realize that you're better at lacrosse than most? Like maybe you start getting picked earlier. You notice you're starting to play for teams that other kids and some friends aren't playing on. Was there a, kind of an aha moment growing up when you realized that, wow, maybe I can take this a little farther than most. I don't know. I mean, we had a, we had a pretty solid age group. We run our lacrosse a little bit differently um, in Canada than it's run here in the the U S like most of the stuff in the U S is run through high school. Whereas we run most of ours through, uh, through club programs. You play for your town instead of your school. So there was a couple years when, you know, maybe, you, you play with like age groups that are two years. So maybe I was a first year, like I was 12 or 12 and 13 was the age group. And there was only maybe five 12 year olds that would have made a team. Um, there was a, a time or two when I was one of those five people. So that's maybe when you start to separate yourself a little bit. What did you like about the sport growing up? I mean, obviously being good at it, you know, accelerates enjoying the sport, but what were the things that really drew you to it that, uh, made you want to play it on a consistent basis? I think it's just one of those things that like you, you, I started when I was four years old. So you grow up and your entire friend group is, is the friends you make playing lacrosse. So by the time, you know, you're, you're 12, 13, 14 years old, that's your friend group and they're all playing and they're all chasing it. So 
it's just kind of what you guys, what we had in common. It's what we did. You know, we traveled together on tournaments. So I think just having it as my friend group, my family has always been really involved with it. So it, it was just kind of like second nature to us. It's what our friends did. It's what our family did. It just was part of our life. So how does a kid in British Columbia end up playing college lacrosse at Drexel University? How did, <laughs> tell me about that journey and how that came together. Yeah. So um, it actually started in high school. So there's a school in Ohio out of a town called Hudson, Ohio, that um, it's called Western Reserve Academy. And they had a, a decent connection with like West Coast Canada. So they would bring in, you know, a couple Canadians from British Columbia every year just to help their lacrosse team and to give, you know, opportunity to these kids to have uh, a really good education. It was a, it was a private school there and, and they would help out financially. So anyway, so my brother had done it two years before me and he had a friend who did it before him. So I was just the next in line and, you know, you do an interview, you go through a whole process and I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to go to Western Reserve Academy. Um, and that's pretty much where I got the exposure for Drexel. I think that just, you know, playing a little bit closer out East, um, going to those tournaments and, you know, being in a place where it's drivable from Philadelphia. So people could come watch. Um, I think all of that kind of played into it. And then when you start having those conversations with college coaches, um, they can actually come see you. And, and I think that's where it started there. Just real quick on the Western Reserve Academy. I mean, that's a big step for a, you know, a, a high school age kid to, to move that far away from home. How tough was that? Not from a lacrosse standpoint, but just from kind of a social growing up standpoint. Yeah. So I guess I would have just turned 16 when I ended up going. So I mean, it's tough. I mean, the decision to, to leave your family and go to a boarding school like that, it's, there's no question it's tough. Um, they do a pretty good job of, you know, you get a family that in reserve because they, they're half day students, half boarders. So you get paired up with a family that lives really close. So if you need anything, like they're, they're super supportive. Most of their staff lives on campus. So you really get a lot of handholding and you get all the, the support you would need. Um, but there's still no question that leaving home and and, you know, having to do your own laundry, having to make sure you're taking care of yourself when you're 16 years old is uh, is a big step. There's no question. So when you're looking at colleges, were there other schools you almost went to? Kind of talk me about the decision that, that finally cemented you were coming to Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, so it was close. I mean, I, I, I was in talk pretty seriously with Ohio State, actually. And I think that was maybe just the Ohio connection there. They made some, a really good offer, and I went to go visit the school, and they brought you down to the football field for a game, and you got to be on the field. So they had a lot of really enticing things to do to kind of get their re recruits there. It ultimately came down to just they wanted they needed to make a decision. They needed me to make a decision early on in order to um, continue their recruiting process and just how they were going to build that class. So. I wasn't prepared to make a decision when they needed it by. And then at the end of the day too, my brother was already at Drexel and one of my best friends and guy who I've now played together, um, played lacrosse with for a long time. Robert Church was there. So it came down to, you know, the friends and, you know, I had a little bit more time to make that decision. And uh, just, I, I really liked the campus and I loved the area. So you come to, to Philadelphia and obviously you had the years in Ohio, but how different was life in Philadelphia from life in British Columbia? It's pretty different. I mean, there's 
I think Drexel specifically, just because, you know, it's so close to the city. Um, I wasn't used to living that, that life. Like I live in the suburbs in, in Coquitlam and so getting tossed and the school in Ohio was really rural as well. It wasn't, um, there wasn't a ton around. So when we got to, uh, got to Philadelphia and you're in this big area, lots of people, you know, 10 minute train ride, five minute train ride outside the city. Uh, it's a little bit, it's a little bit eye opening. Um, but no, I, I loved every minute of it. I loved being close to this city. Uh, it, it was just a really cool change for me. So how's the adjustment to college lacrosse? Is it a huge step from what you had been doing or did you feel pretty comfortable right away that you were going to be okay and you're going to be able to, to, to do this? I think it was a big jump. I mean, for me, especially like across in Ohio at the time was, was still a little bit behind, you know, the Maryland's, the New York's and, and the level of play that's going on there. So for me, for sure, I think, I think I got a good glimpse of it when I was playing at home, I was playing in my junior days then. And the competition there was really good. You had people who were already playing in the NLL and stuff like that. But field lacrosse wise, it, no question, it's, it's a jump. And, and I think you can see that in my like first couple of years at Drexel. You know, the production wasn't the same as my, my last two years. So it took me a little bit to adjust and, and get used to it. And the speed and the strength and the athleticism, I think, is just the biggest difference. You kind of reference this, but how much did having your brother on the team just kind of help you along? Once again, it's another big step socially to college. Uh, how much did that help? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's tons. Like just when you're so far away from your, your parents and stuff, just having a family member that close is, is huge. And he kind of paved the way and knew the way by the time I got there. So if I had any questions or needed any help, he'd already done it and seen it. So he, he was a quick phone call away for anything I needed. You talk about the, uh, the big jump in production after your first two years. I mean, it's, I'm looking at it right now and you went from 14 points as a sophomore to 56 as a junior. It was that just the comfort level, everything kind of coming together in that junior year where you were just running downhill the whole time. Yeah, I think so. I think um, there was a couple things in play. Like there was just more opportunity. Um, my first two years I played, you know, floated between, you know, second midi line and stuff like that, where you're just not on the field as much. My third and fourth year, I was able to play on the first midi line where, you, you know, you get a lot more reps, you get out there and you get comfortable playing with those guys. And I think it just was, yeah, the opportunity and, and, and getting out there and just more confidence once you start putting in points and, and, you know, being a, a big contributor on the team, your confidence builds and it just kind of snowballs from there. So heading into your senior year, you have the breakout year as a junior Heading into your senior year, did you feel like you were ready for really big things and the team was really ready for big things? Did you guys feel like you were ready to to, to take a jump into the elite? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think there's no question that year we we surpassed even what we thought was reachable. Um but we were confident. We had a, we had a really solid group. We thought our, our the leadership on the team was great. And we had a lot of older guys who were playing and had been playing for quite a while by that point. So, no, we were, we were certainly confident. We, and for us, like Drexel had never won the CAAs at that point. So that was our goal, right? Like we wanted to be the first team to go in there and, and win the CAAs for Drexel. Um, we accomplished that. And then you know, we went one step further and beat Penn that year, which was really cool for us. Take me back to those memories when you win the CAA title. Uh, you know, what did that feel like? You're the first 
part of a you're the leader of a group that's doing something that that Drexel hasn't done before. I mean, did you realize in the moment? Obviously, it's it's exciting to win and all, but the enormity of what you guys had accomplished. Yeah, I I think so. It was it all kind of happened fast. Like that weekend's really quick, right? You play your semifinal game, then you play your final game, and you're kind of just focused on on the moment. But uh, I mean when Cole Schaefer scored that, that game winner in the, in the finals, it kind of did like hit us. We were like, Holy smokes. Like we just won. This, this is the first time Drexel's done this. Um, so that was, re- it was really cool. It was really cool to be a part of that. Um, I think, I mean, it's definitely something I'll never forget. And although we never, you know, went the, went the distance and made it super far in the NCAA tournament, we were still really, really happy and pleased with where we ended up that year. But you did win that first game in the tournament, and that's huge. You you, you mm-hmm. get that win over Penn. What are you? What are your memories of that victory? Uh, I remember Nick Saputo scoring two goals right before half. That just really, <laughs> really, really helped us. I mean, he was such a beast that game. Um, he he won so many key faceoffs for us, and not only that, put in two goals right at the end of the half. Um, we just had a lot of guys really step up. And uh, to be honest with you, that second half, we just, we controlled the game. It was one of probably our best games we played all year. So when you think back to your college career as a whole, obviously we talked about a couple of the real special moments, but overall, how do you look back on your experience as a Dragon? I loved it. I mean, lacrosse aside, like I'm still incredibly close with a lot of those guys that I got to play with. And I really, really loved seeing them. And now living in Philly, I get to see them quite a bit. So just the friendships and I still talk to Volker every now and then. So just, just maintaining those. And it's, it's such a positive experience and such a big part of my life still. When do you start thinking about pro lacrosse being a possibility? Is it something that's on your radar early years in college or was it something that kind of developed as you developed later in your college career? Um, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the, the lacrosse in uh, Canada, but we, we started junior careers at like 18 years old um i'd actually started at 17 i was aged up one year and you start to see and play against guys that are in the pros once you get into juniors because you get to the 18 to 21 year olds um so i think once you know i was playing in that league and i was 17 years old still relatively young playing against guys that are in the nll you start to realize that okay you know this is a possibility i've seen what the the level of talent is at that at the next step and in the pro lacrosse and, and they're obviously really, really talented. And I had a long ways to go at the time. Um, but once you start playing against them, talking to them, and talking to other people, like you start to realize, okay, this, you know, this is a possibility. So I would say right around like 17, 18 years old. You end up being drafted number one overall uh, by, I think it was Edmonton at the time and then became yeah. Saskatchewan. Uh when do you start getting hearing murmurs, hearing talk that you're going to be the top pick in the the NLL draft? Um, so that started happening when it was that summer when I was playing my senior lacrosse. At the time, I was I was done junior, um, playing senior A uh, for Maple Ridge, and and just seeing how the season's going, and you know, producing a lot of points against. Now at that point, there's a lot of guys, like half the guys in that league are playing the NLL, able to produce there. Um, you're talking to to guys that are on that team. Robert Church was already on that team. So he's obviously got a little bit more insight and he's talking to me. Um, 
And then I remember Corey Small, actually, we were playing Victoria in one of the finals. They beat us in a best of seven series. And uh, he said to me in the handshake line, he's like, look forward to playing with you. And he was on Edmonton at the time. He said, look forward to playing with you in a couple months kind of thing. Um, Edmonton, they had traded up to get the first overall. He was on that team. So, like, I think at that point I kind of realized it. And shortly after that, I got a call from them just – you know, they were offering to, to book flights and, and pay for me to get out there to the draft because they were telling me they were going to select me. What's that like? I mean, that's wild. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. It's at the time, again, it's, been, it's so different now. And they, they've done a really good job of making that production a lot bigger and a lot more, you know, with the social and, and it's a lot more out there. At the time, it was kind of a smaller venue, just the people that were at the thing. Um, but it was still cool. I mean, hearing your name called first is really cool and, and had friends there, got to meet the coaches, got to meet some of the players on the team that are from Toronto. Cause when I was drafted, it was in Toronto, not Philadelphia. Um, so yeah, it was, it was really cool. There's no question about that. Something I'll never forget. What was your level of experience with the indoor game? How much did you played it growing up and how much were, how much of a transition is it to, to going indoor? Yeah, so for me, indoor is is what I played growing up. That is my my bread and butter almost. Like I, I didn't start playing field across till the 11, 12 years old, where I was playing indoor since I was four years old. Um, that's just what's bigger for us in Canada. Um, but the transition, I think, at this point now, it um, it just takes a couple couple games, couple practices to get used to shooting on whether you're going to the bigger nets or coming into the smaller nets and just catching in tight and box lacrosse. Um, it takes a, it takes a little bit to get used to it, but you've done this transition so many times at this point that it's, it's not super big. What parts of your game play better indoor and what parts play better outdoor? Cause obviously you've had high level success at both, but I would imagine there are certain aspects that really lend themselves to one version or the other. Yeah. You know what? I think, um, I think just the, like being in the outdoor game, you can, you can get away. Like the people are so athletic. I'm not one of the more athletic guys in that outdoor game. They're just, they're super strong and they're super quick. I think it's more of an IQ thing and just playing a different role. You know, I'm not a guy who's going to split dodge, go down the alley and shoot. I'm someone who will set a pick or, or slip inside and try to get open inside for those high percentage shots, right? That's just my game. And it's a little bit different um, than a lot of the high level players that play field across. They're more, you know, ball on their stick, really good shooters, really good Dodgers kind of people, whereas that's not necessarily my game. So I think it's just, I found a smaller niche that doesn't have as many people that do exactly what I do in the field across game. Um, box across, I think just size and, and weight and, Again, like I, I've been lucky enough to be coached by a lot of the, the best lacrosse players out there, the best lacrosse minds out there. So I think I've been able to pick up on a lot of IQ things and, um, and, and bring that to the table. And I think that, you know, I can, I, I feel confident in, you know, speaking up a little bit more and, and trying to, to help, you know, with plays and stuff like that too. Did you feel any pressure as a number one overall pick? I mean, you had a phenomenal season. So looking at the numbers, I would say no, but just on a human level, did you feel like you were kind of carrying that around and you, that you had to produce because you were picked first? Um, you know, I, uh, I, I didn't feel that a ton. I, I, um, I think the main reason is because I played with a lot of the guys that were on Saskatchewan's offense already. 
like I'd mentioned Corey Small, I played against him and was familiar with him. Um, Mark Matthews, he played junior with us for a year and I was already friends with him and he was their best player at the time. So having him, you know, help me through it and talk to me and just, you know, have the confidence to throw me the ball right away is big. Um, and Robert Church was one of their better guys then. Um, so just the familiarity with the offense and, and who they were, I think, calmed me down a lot. Um, but there's no question when you're first overall, you're expected to to put the ball in the back of the net, but and you're expected to produce at a high level. So there, there's a little bit of pressure, no question. Because you had played with so many of those guys, you know, a question I'll ask people in a lot of sports is, could you feel the change going from college to pro, speed of the game, stuff like that? Was that mitigated because you had such a familiarity with enough people that you knew what you were getting into at the professional level? To an extent. And again, like the jump from what I was playing to the NLL, it's a big jump, right? Like there's, there's no question about that. You can't really, you can't, brace yourself for that speed and athleticism and skill until you actually play in it. Um, but just having played those years in junior lacrosse and, and a couple years in senior A at this point, um, you're playing against a lot of the guys that are already in that league. So the transition might be a little bit easier than, you know, the high school to college. But again, there's no question like that, that speed and, and athleticism and skill just takes time to get used to. So your first year in NLL is 2015. I think if I'm correct, you were rookie of the year and you guys won the title. Uh, That's right, yeah. What? I mean, at the end of that season, first year as a pro and you've got hardware and you got a title ring. I mean, that's got to be pretty cool. Yeah, you know what? It, it, it was really cool. I mean, that was I was lucky enough to be drafted to a team that was already in place to be winning championships. Uh, they, they sh- I honestly think they probably – should have won it the year before they got a little bit unlucky, never did, but it was nice to be there for that and um, be a part of that. Like that was, it was really cool. We actually won it the next year as well. So the start of my career was pretty solid there in in Edmonton. And that's all just because I got drafted to a team that was already ready to go and ready to start winning. Now, in addition, you also play in the premier lacrosse league. Am I correct? Yeah, that's right. And you mentioned the bubble when you got the call that you were getting traded uh, to Philadelphia. And this is outdoor field lacrosse, right? That's right, yeah. So, I mean, you talk about going back and forth. How much do you enjoy having both in your life where you're able to play indoor and outdoor at a high level? It's good. I mean, I I really enjoy it. I um. I took a couple years off playing field lacrosse, not by choice. I was drafted in the MLL after my career at Drexel. Um, never had the opportunity to go and play for a team or try out or anything. Um, and then was able to make Team Canada um, in 2018. And I think I got some exposure from that and had a, a, a pretty successful tournament, or tournament there for the Worlds when we were in Israel. And I think that that's what led to the opportunity to play in the PLL was um, – just the way I played there and, and that whole experience. Um, so I'm really happy. I mean, I probably had four years where I was only playing box across and no field across. So I, I'm really happy to be playing it again. And, and I did miss it. Um, I hope to continue to play it. And I think that the PLL has done a really good job and, and they're, they're really doing a lot for lacrosse. So it's fun to be a part of that. I think lacrosse has come really far 
as far as breaking into the mainstream sports with regards to media exposure, you know, discussion, stuff like that. Do you feel that as someone who's playing it? Like, do you look back from, you know, where the sport was your college days or even younger to where it is now? And do you feel it's made a, a lot of progress as, uh, as far as kind of taking it to another level, being on the, the big stage? Yeah, there, there's no question that from, you know, even 10 years ago, it's night and day to where lacrosse is now. I mean, they're, they have the NLL is, is growing and, you know, they have some owners in place that are really high profile people and, you know, own NHL teams or so they have the right guys in place and lacrosse to me, is still a little bit of a niche sport. It's not up there with, you know, the big, the big sports like the NBA, the MLB, NFL, NHL, but it's growing. Right. And it's moving in the right direction. And, and that's why I think the premier lacrosse league, what, what they've done by getting on NBC and just the production they have looks really, really professional. And that's the first time lacrosse has ever actually seen that and, and been able to broadcast that to everyone. So I think, again, that was just a massive step. Um, and I think the, the play speaks for itself. It's a, it's a fast paced sport. It's, it's fun to watch. There's lots of goals. There's lots of hits. There's a lot of really entertaining things about both field lacrosse and box lacrosse. Um, so I think when people do take the time to watch and get to understand the sport, they fall in love with it pretty quick. It's just a matter of getting that exposure. So Philadelphia, what are you looking forward to playing with the wings and Paul day? How do you think you fit in here? Yeah, I think, um, I, I think it's a, it's a great team. Like they, they took a massive stride last year. They were a really, really solid team. And it's a shame that, you know, the season ended early because I think they were ready to do some pretty big things. I'm hoping. And I think that, you know, in the off season, I think they've only got better, right? Like I know, uh, I know they've made some some adjustments at the DN and got some other D guys that should be able to help. So I'm hoping we can take another step, but just they're another team. And I feel fortunate to be a part of it because they're another team that are moving in the right direction and trending to try to win a, uh, a cup. And, and um, it's nice to, to be coming in and, and be a part of that. And just how special, and you talked about this when we first started, but I mean, you could have got traded anywhere and you get traded to, a place you're really familiar and, and you like a lot. Just how exciting is this from a life standpoint to, to be able to come back to, to Philadelphia here? Yeah, it's, uh, it's great. And like I said, like, um, I, in 2018 and 2019, I traveled just an insane amount. So, uh, being able, like living in Philadelphia, playing for Philadelphia and, you know, maybe only traveling those nine weekends a year, um, look for lacrosse anyway, it's just, it's going to be such a, a welcome change of lifestyle. So I, I'm super excited about that. And just as we wrap up here, what is your favorite part of lacrosse? What is your favorite part of what you do playing the game? I think just the really cool thing about lacrosse is it's, again, it's not one of those big sports. No one's in here playing it to get a paycheck or no one's in here paying it because they're getting you know, millions of dollars playing lacrosse. Like everyone plays it because they love it. And it just attracts like a really, really good type of person and, t and personality. So I just love being in the locker room, meeting the people um, and playing alongside guys that just truly love playing lacrosse. Ben McIntosh, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks a lot for having me. 
And that will do it for this week's episode. Want to thank Ben McIntosh of the Philadelphia Wings for being our guest this week. If you like the show, want to help us out, and you listen on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and a review. Now, you can follow the show on Twitter at one on one pod. You can follow me on Twitter as well at MattLeon1060. Thanks again for listening, and check us out next week when we bring you another conversation with someone you should know more about.